Hello and welcome to Indie Apocalypse Radio, your source for all things related to, you know, Indie Apocalypse, the thing that it is. It's I'm Andrew, I'm your host, the the, the resident um, top dog here at Indie Apocalypse. I think that's what I what I entitled myself, the title I gave myself cuz uh, what, is, what does chief executive officer even mean? It, it doesn't mean anything. You don't actually need to call yourself that. You, you can call yourself anything if you want. It's just it's all made up. Words are all made up. We just, agree, we just slowly agree what they mean for the most part. But we don't even all use the same ones every day. It's a crazy thing. But speaking of uh, things, I, I, I'm here with guests who have made things. And the things they made... Would you believe it? They're video games, uh, as as I want to include on this. But I've been thinking a lot about. I I did. I felt no envy. I felt zero percent envy when you know GDC was going on and all that. But but I earlier this week I was considering. I was looking. I was googling. I was looking at train tickets. It was like, what what would it take me to get to SPX? And then I decide not to go to SPX, but I am, I am, I am envious of not being there, despite it being something I would never table at. But anyway, anyway, but 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 to get back to independent creators, which is kind of the lifeblood of the stuff that I love, we've got two of them here today. And the first one, who you've heard the their their the static of perhaps their radio here and there, to this point. Who you may know from Indie Apocalypse. I see. I close the thing, and I am not. Oh no, there it is. I'm not as good as I used to be at knowing exactly which game is in exactly which issue. <laughs> now that there are 33 of them uh, in my mind, there's 32 of them released. But from issue 21 with the tale of the ADHD dinosaur, it's Julian Polton. Julian, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I'm. I'm all I'm all wrapped up. I'm high on my SEO victories. Just kind of just kind of doing things, you know. I can tell you're in philosophical mood. Yeah, I that that's that's my um my default state. <laughs> okay. So you said I was a yeah like a independent video game creator. At least once. At least yeah, just just the once really. I mean, yeah. I do like game dev it's uh i'm I'm actually it's something i'm passionate about but it's not like i don't try to make money out of video games or anything no no that's a it's a hard it's a hard thing really to make money out of video games i uh i was talking to a, a small press like a literature and poetry publisher the other day and i realized it it kind of put into perspective the idea of Someone in an upcoming issue, I was like, "What do you? Why would you want to be in this thing? Because like you've already published stuff that is like, I've heard of it in ways. Other people seem to like it, but then you forget because um, Game Dip is so focused on this kind of like feast or famine kind of model." That you, you, anyone who, it's easy to get into the mindset of believing anyone who has put out a game that someone besides that, the people who have worked on it have talked about, that they must be uh, s- successful or something. Mm. 
but quite not the Boys, case. Not the case, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, no, that makes sense that, that you know, nobody gets rich off of anthologies, but you do an anthology on the side, you know? And that's like, it's supplementary income. But speaking of supplementary income and anthologies, how did you hear about uh, Indiepocalypse? Well, uh, I first learned about it when I uh, created an account on itch.io itch yeah. uh, in order to like share this project I, I had in mind. Because it's the first time I actually f- finish a project of a game dev. It's it's mostly like a it's my version of scribbling, no, making yeah. scribbling drawings on the lines of the sides of the paper. So it's just yeah. what I do: I make I, games. I encourage and so that. <laughs> I to share this, and then I saw in the game jam category your game jam for the indie apocalypse, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. It, it's a um, themeless entry. Um, I think I might try and, and line up my my development with with this thing, and um, that's how I discovered it, and that's how I I, got, I I entered this whole universe. Oh, perfect! It's the 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 organic discovery model, which it seems how most people come across is just on the jam pages. It's my intention. It's why I wrote. It's why I put in, added in parentheses paying anthology because <laughs> people. People will be like, "Oh, money! I enjoy um, money." <laughs> it's quite a big surprise for me to actually earn any amount of money from this. Yeah, yeah, it's. I would say the average developer has has earned somewhere between um, forty to sixty dollars, which is not a lot of money, but. But it is money. Yeah, that's right. If you save that up over the course of the two years, you could buy one AAA video game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it, it, it's, it's something, and I feel like I'm hoping it'll become more something as it goes on. But speaking of something, you also made something, the one thing that you said you so far... Yeah, I, I made it. Like the one thing that I actually had a, created an end for. There's a, um, I mean, there's a lot of... It was a, it was a very personal project of mine. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to sort of get it out there as a, as a sort of cathartic experiment. Because I had all these ideas and and like things I wanted to express, but you know could only express them through you know gameplay and yes. get people to play it. And so I did it and shared it online and was quite overwhelmed by how you know well it was received. This is outside of my job the most popular thing I have ever made ever. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I did not. <laughs> there, there was not as many I, I don't think there were as many comments the last time like when yeah, originally no, it originally submitted it so I shared it um, yeah. on itch.io like that's where I hosted it and then I did the game jam so that's when I started getting comments and they were positive and so I posted it on uh, reddit as a sort of um, you should post this on reddit I'm like oh okay and I did that on r slash ADHD programmers I think and they all thought it was awesome, and and that's how it started, and and then I and then you gave me money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the one tricky thing about free games that people love. They um don't always hit that donate button, you know. Yeah, but like I said, I, I, that was right, was right. never. Yes, it, it could have been any amount. I would have been happy. Just just yeah, just the idea that that my ideas resonated with 
many people, not even not even the, like without even thinking of the exact number, just having a whole load of comments in my inbox saying, "This is a good game. Uh, I recognize myself in this, or this is clever." And that that was like the best month of my life was during that Reddit post and yeah. uh, the apocalypse having all this praise for something that I, that I had created myself and it was like the first time I ever shared something outside of my friend and family circle Right. and so this game called The Tale of the ADHD Dinosaur uh, it's, it's basically autobiog... Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, bit, a bit of an autobiography of sorts because I had been very recently diagnosed with ADHD at the time so now it's been like 10 months or something over 10 months and um, so here in France, where I live, it's it's not as big as a thing as in like the the states. People don't really know about it. Uh, I mean, I had I had heard of it, and for me, it was like something kids get, and then they grow out of it. And uh, as it turns out, like the the doctors were explaining what it what it meant to be ADHD, and they're like, oh my god, everything makes so much sense. And I had all this 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 you know frustration for 30 years of living with this thing that could have been explained and all kinds of different emotions which is why i needed to express those ideas and as i said before video game creation is just it's my art it's my go-to yeah. art form video games and i thought i'm going to make a video game start to finish i'm going to pick all of the because i had loads of ideas i'm going to yeah. pick all of as many ideas as I can to, to to get it to fit in the one week, I think it was actually 10 days, in the 10 days that coincidentally my kids were out of the house, my wife was out of the house, it was just me, and so everything lined up, and then there was the, the game jam, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm taking this opportunity, I'm going to do this little self-project, share it with my friends and family, and that's how it started, and so I made my little ADHD-themed uh, game. And was very happy with how everything turned out. Yes, I. It, it, it <laughs> makes no when you when you say. I mean, the goal in a lot of ways of I I recently described trying to desperately explain to someone at a market when they said, "I'm sorry, I don't play video games," and trying to convince them to stay and look at this thing I had. <laughs> uh, I, I told them that uh, indie apocalypse is more like. Um, art that happens to be in the form of a video game and and what you said that idea of you're an artist and your medium just happens to be video games is is something that i think is emerging a bit more where it's like yeah i mean for some people it's that's still not a thing like the image they have of video games is mobile gaming right where it's it's, it's like a science of getting people to pay it's not yeah. or not and um but i'm glad that you know, some people still take the time to to spread the message that games are art. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Um, I think I think your game is deceptively good at because it looks like a video game. It has a very um, you know a video game appearance at first, and then you realize that it's like the the way you express yeah. your ideas can only be expressed uh, through a video game. It, that's true. It's not a re it's not an actual video game. It's more like a, a thing you play. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I uh, I've always liked it when video games like th throw the players out for a loop or like uh, they, so like all of a sudden the 
the video game breaks the third wall, fourth wall in some mysterious way, and things like things that really fuck with the player. Basically, yeah. I loved those. So, so I could name Doki Doki Panic for one, um, the Stanley Parable. There's the, the the other game with the cards. Gosh, inscription. Yeah. These those sorts of games. I absolutely love it when games do that. And and even before wanting to make this ADHD game, I've always wanted to try and do that. But I never had like a good subject. I can't just say, "Oh, you're a guy, and the the game's not working, and it makes no sense." This actually fits so well in that idea. So so like I said, it was planets were aligning, all of these things happening right. together, and uh, and. Um, and that's I can't remember where I was getting at with this. No, that's that's, that's fine. I I'm I'm similar in that I find myself down these paths, and then I sometimes find myself at the end of the path. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> this this is not my beautiful segue. This is what's going on. But but that is um um yeah. So like like the, like the the game in particular is very much like. It, it it can't be expressed in a way that is not a video game like this this story or this yeah, you know this be. tale. I mean, like I was saying, it, it was it was difficult for people uh, around me to understand what I was going on about when I told yeah. them about ADHD, and and so like the reflex here would be to sort of get them to walk in my shoes for a mile, and the only way you can actually do that is to sort of imitate the, the feelings of frustrations you would get so how could i make them right how could i simulate that exact frustration that i have had over and over again by making them play a video game and so i almost almost like scientifically thought what is the most annoying thing <laughs> i could get them to, to, to face right. at each moment of of the game, so each step of the game is is basically you do a thing, you do it a second time, and then the third time it won't work because of X. Right. And 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 the most important part of this game was that nothing in the game was going to be helpful towards you. Every single time the game was like, nope, you can't do that. It had to be framed as if it was the player's fault. Yes, right. So, was the basis of my design is everything that's going wrong is the player's fault, but of course it isn't. It's it's my fault as the developer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where, you know, people are so you know accustomed to, you know, in the, the power of the medium is that you can inhabit, uh, like more closely a different person's experience, you know. But usually mm-hmm. that experience is being a really cool guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> The power fantasy. Right. You forget that you can also be someone who um, kind of has trouble keeping track of things or mm-hmm. has, you know, get, gets overwhelmed and cluttered on without, without their intent. And exactly. So that's what I was trying to impose on the player. Yeah, no, and it works very well through, like, the, you know, the language of video games. That's the thing, yeah. I, I, um, I didn't want to, like, add... A tutorial and a, a press left to go left, press space to press space because the game was really aimed at people who knew how to play a game, so they would have expectations and and they would know at least 
the basic language of video games because yeah. because that that was important because it was by playing a game and by having these expectations that I could throw them out the window. Yeah, yeah. Because like I mean, most and I think we're approaching like more rapidly a time where just kind of the general population sort of even if they don't know the breadth of what video games are, they sort of like grew up with video games and like understand the language of them and the, yeah. how controllers there's a, there's, work. Yeah, there's a certain vocabulary in, in games. Uh, press space to jump. Stuff like that. Yeah, it, and then it's like people are like, we're approaching probably within like, you know, maybe even 10 or 20 years. Like that would just be like in the same way we all sort of know how to watch a movie and read a book for the most part. Like when you read a book, you know you have to start from left to right, well, I mean, right. unless unless it's one of those those, those backwards comics that yells at you and tells you, to, but it is very good at yelling at you and telling you you're on the wrong page. That's true, which is good because the first time I, I picked one of those up, I needed that reminder. Yes, now I've, and I think you've got a bit more than we do, but um, I get envious sometimes, but. Um, Anyway, anyway, speaking of games, so you mentioned some games that you have played, games that are, you know, breaking the fourth wall or like, but what, what, what is a game that you tend to go to, would you say like, or like, do you have a, like a style, a game style niche that you kind of like find yourself gravitating towards? Well, I do play a lot of different games and I don't. I don't have like a game that I always go back to. Right. Or like a, like a genre where you're like. There are genres that I uh, I enjoy more than others. Yeah, uh, naturally. I mean, I suck at any strategic game. Uh, if you, I've always hated it when in like, for example, a Total War game, there's a button where you can either play a battle or get the AI to play it for you, sort of quick quick battle. Right. Because whenever I click quick battle, <laughs> invariably it did better than when I tried to do it myself. Right. <laughs> It, it, those games involve a lot of tiny moving pieces. But I do, I do like you know uh, all problem solving games and platforms, platformers. Those are my big, big two. Yeah. And then I, I'll, I'll go for, I'll try anything. Mm, you know, farming games, even city building games, simulator games. I'm, I'm down for whatever. Yeah. Right. There's, but it, uh, it depends on, on, on you know the trends of the day. Right. What what is it? What is everybody making today? Tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like uh, at the moment it seems that farming games or just Zen games they're they're being very popular these days, and then more and more of them are coming out. Yeah, I think I feel like you see a bunch of um, like waves of. Like, you know, Stardew Valley becomes popular and then you see a bunch of, that's why a bunch of farming simulators hit, you know, three to five years later. Yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, wow, I want to make mine of that. Big fan of that one. Yeah. And they have to, are they even remaking that, that first harp? Did I say, I saw, I I don't not follow um, video game news, you know, as it were. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were remaking the new Harvest Moon. Even was it a remake? Because uh, they're uh, different Harvest Moons. 
I don't know. I, I th- I'm thinking of that, that SNES one that I would sit around and play. I, I played that one. <laughs> I liked it back in the day. I would just like, go to a friend's house and be like, hey, let me just sit around on your floor and just play Harvest Moon. <laughs> while, while people do other things. Just as like a, a background noise. Hmm. Yeah, well, some uh, games, yeah, they, they sort of really put you in a zen mood and then you can just do something else at the same time. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the GameCube. I'd never played know. the GameCube one. The GameCube Harvest Moon? Yeah, no. Or Story of I've Seasons, played. technically. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've played it. But that was like, I I, uh, I didn't play a lot on the GameCube. There wasn't, you know... Uh, Getting back into oh this is this is this isn't a show where I'm just gonna sit around and talk about uh, the stuff I've been playing because they make a game they make things for that oh I have a I was looking for a gif and I had I forgot I, I forgot I need my folder OBS is a baby for when I make uh, gifs that are too strong for OBS to handle <laughs> oh it's this one too see I like I like my gifs to be. Much like you record a good movie on film so that it is super high resolution there so that you can always just kind of keep up it forever. I like to make big, huge GIFs so that I can just, like, they never go bad. But OBS lately has been sad about my my GIF thing. So It's, it's not the most efficient um, format. Yeah. So I need to go here. Yeah, it's it's killing it's killing me here. Uh, this is all to say that I was I was going to find I was trying to Julian. We've if you believe it or not, we've already hit our um, our twenty minutes. Like I said, it comes very quickly. Like 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 this like it comes like in and out like nothing. Here we go. Here's here we go. Got one. So like. Um, Glad to have you on the show. I hope you'll stick around for our, our, our continued on guest segment. This is a radio show after all. You're not forced out the door once your segment is over. <laughs> Bye. No, yeah, no problem. See yeah. you in a moment. Yeah, so I will I will I will be back. We will we will be back with our very next guest. Um, and until then, let me find my window. I will see you all on the other half of uh, approximately one minute and 37 seconds. Okay, well, have a good chat. See you later. I'll yeah. be right here playing a video game. Oh, perfect. That's the perfect thing to do. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Hushkredu with Beyond the Threshold. One, one, one of the theme nights I want to do eventually is I want to do songs about other songs and or other bands. And I was thinking of that because of the the replacements classic, um, something to do. Could you believe it? Could you believe the Newberry Comics had had uh, the the full version of Sorry Ma for like it was like eighty bucks for that album, and that's like a listen. I love I love the replacements, and I have a deep affection for that that very that very punk early album, uh, Sorry Ma. Forgot to take out the trash, but 
$80 is a lot for an album. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Uh, we're here back at Indiepocalypse Radio. You just heard our, our guest Julian Paul Thomas here. Now we've got a next guest coming up who you may know from issue 23 of Indiepocalypse with Momentous Moment Monument. Did I write that right? I think I did. This, is this Monument, one was yeah. Monumentum. It's one of those things where I had just never looked at it and never realized what that word was. I, I did yeah. that with 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 conurbanation for a long time too. Is actually conurbation, but but anyway, we really good at is making titles that are very difficult to look up. No, that's actually very good. That's that's the church's secret or the the Javert's secret. That is, it makes you better at SEO. If people can remember your weird name, that is. But that person who you just heard talking just a second ago was the creator of that game I just realized the title for. It's Magic Phillip. Magic Phillip, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, right off the bat, the people got to know, uh, how did you hear about Indie Apocalypse? Uh, I saw it somewhere on Itch. I don't remember exactly where. If it was on, might have been the front page. Okay, that's a good place to have it. <laughs> it's there sometimes, or it was at least. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about and, and the listening audience that all of us here about uh, Momentous Monumentum. Uh, it's definitely a game. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's it started off as a small jam game I made for the GMTK game jam in. 2020 yeah very surprised enough for the gbtk game jam in a way <laughs> have you ever seen that oh, one? Before? I, uh, my yeah. my big thought was what if i like took a platformer and just made it awful yes <laughs> and i succeeded yeah people really ought to think that way more often with video games i think this um, they're too worried about uh, making good video games, and I think it's holding people back. Yeah, I do enjoy a. Uh, I I don't want to say a bad game because like right. you know, but a, an unpolished game. Right, right, because it's. I would never call your game bad. It's because it, it does exactly what it wants, what it sets out to do. You know. I would call it bad, but it does do that. Right. Yes. No. I. I have. So I have. I have different um, perspectives on bad and good, and uh, you know what is what is good art, what is bad art, you know. And I kind of, I kind of am drawn to things that that stick out to me, you know, <laughs> that feel of themselves, which, which. Momentous Monumentum definitely is. It definitely has a very strong feel. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that feel is forwards. So did you ever, um, in, in the process of design, hit a point and think, well, that's too fast. <laughs> Maybe I should slow it down a little. Uh, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the whole, basically the whole level design process was me finding ways to slow down this insanely fast gameplay I've made. Right, right. Just trying to find um, 
those little like divots or whatever in the level or for the right place to just calm it down for like just a second. And I mean, if you, if you think about it, if you find the right Ani, it's, it's almost like a a. Um, it could find its way. It's like, you know, there is the the, the genre of massacre, you know. Uh-huh. And I and I think people people have asked a lot of questions in the massacre genre. Um, how many spikes <laughs> should should I punish the person for walking forward? But how often uh, or too fast is one is is an unanswered massacre question in a way? Yeah, I think uh, most games that run into that question aren't trying to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they look at it and go, "Oh, right, right. It is too fast." But it is. Yeah, not- one of the things I. Uh, I noticed the other day I was looking back uh, through the code for the exact formula because it's like it's not just straight like reverse your speed when you hit a wall. It's yeah. much more complicated than that. So it actually uh, it slows you down if you're going fast enough to bounce off a wall, but uh, if you're not going very fast, it will speed you up. So it kind <laughs> of kind of reins you into like a nice speed where it is definitely still too fast but not like unmanageably too fast right right because when i found it playing it there is like there's a um there's a sweet spot that you get used to kind of like um when driving a car you would think 80 miles an hour that's far too fast but then when you do it long enough you're like oh no that's just how fast a car goes it doesn't feel fast at all anymore And it's just like a, a a situation where I've definitely like if um, you take yourself out of it, you suddenly lose control. But if you can kind of mentally lock your brain into how it's working, then it's, it's smooth sailing, and you know it, it's it's smooth as you can sail in, in a in a hurricane with a piece of wood. Yeah. And I suppose a piece of paper, since you are sailing, and you require some sort of sail. But but anyway, do you have um? So do you, is this platformer a preferred genre, or is this a um, just a what magic pillar? If you were if you were to play a video game, what kind of video game would you want to play? I am a big fan of platformers. I do play a lot of those. Uh, I also really like turn-based combat. Yeah. So I haven't uh, delved into making anything turn-based yet, but it's definitely something on my bucket list. Yeah, and when would you make that sort of uh, odd natural, or would you or would you lean towards a um, uh, one of those like you know like an RPG maker? Um. I don't know. I'm, you know, there's pros and cons to each, you know, yeah. like with something like RPG Maker, you know, definitely a lot of the systems are there, but, you know, which, that's kind of a double-edged sword because if I wanted to do something really wacky with like, you know, the core gameplay, it's a lot harder to like shake that up. Right. Especially like how, how familiar are you with Ruby? Uh, not. Yeah. 
I wonder how many RPG maker developers are familiar with Ruby. It, it, uh, I don't know how, how much use that gets, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so it is a, uh, very much a what does this system use? And so what are you working primarily? Do you have a, a go-to engine? Uh, I think the the one I've used the most in the past has definitely been uh, Game Maker Studio. Uh, the one I'm using right now is specifically Game Maker Studio Two. Yeah. Uh, just because it's really easy to prototype in that. Yes. Yeah. No. I've. <laughs> that is my engine of choice, as well. And I and I found it's very especially because it's very easy to just kind of like import your old code right away. <laughs> Uh, I've... Yeah. Although uh, recently I've been thinking of uh, picking up Godot. Yeah. Or I think it's pronounced Godot. I have no idea. Yes, Godot, like like the fellow you wait for, I believe. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that is. I think the only weird thing I've heard about that is um, just very high, um, you know, like console publishing fees. But that is also a very specific sort of thing to worry about, you know. Yeah that who knows maybe by the time you feel comfortable with Godot fully it's like that's not even a thing like why who would publish to a console you know what a silly thing pcs are free yeah that's another uh big upside of Godot is that it's you know open source so you don't have to worry about like them switching to a subscription model or anything yes right right (laughs) you don't have to be like you don't have to like wipe your brow and be like good thing i got grandfathered into just owning this thing yeah, that's the, that's the tricky thing about uh, recommending. I used to be like, Game Maker is just—it's easy. It's good to if you're gonna make 2D, it's good to use. But now it's like, eh, now it's got that's got a subscription model. It's kind of a little harder to um, yeah to just say just try it. But yeah, no Godot, and I think the, the good thing about open soft 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 software is that if they ever try to sell it to somebody someone can just make a branch of it that's still open yeah. source and then you don't have to worry about that anymore unless there's they've got some copyrights snuck around somewhere you know mm-hmm. that they would prevent it but i've i use it for the launcher very minimally use godot for the launcher and it works pretty well enough it seems easy enough to look at for me for my very specific tiny um, edge case scenario. Because I think the difficulty, at least um, early on for me, because I, I looked at Unity, because people like Unity, but its 2D was very bad. And it was like trying to, I was never going to work in 3D. And trying to kind of work its 2D into it just seemed a little like cumbersome, you know. Yeah, I've uh, I've worked in Unity a bit, uh, both for some personal projects and some for uh, college, uh, and it's I just never really vibed with it. Right. You don't have a a, a, a desire to have a thriving career in a weapons development, or Not particularly <laughs> whatever they're getting in, whatever other fun thing they're getting into lately. As the the end result of any publicly traded corporation. 
Well, you win some, you lose some. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, you can't, you can't pick, you can't predict the, the, the path of every person and every company and every product you'll ever use. I hadn't even heard of Figma before, and now people are upset that it is purchased by Adobe. But what, 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 whatever. Um, anyway, um, so, 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 so. Video games. Um, so what is the, so tell me, tell me as someone as like in outsider, uh, to this whole, I, I, I am familiar with the, the GMTK in so far as I get plenty of games that, uh, <laughs> I, uh, whenever, whenever I start seeing a lot of games around us that feel very similar, I know it is, or not, they don't feel similar, but they have like a, why are all these games about, game? what? <laughs> so, yeah, why are these yeah, why are these games about dice all of a sudden? <laughs> and then I and I learned, oh, it must be a game maker's toolkit. So yeah. is that like your your go to sort of yearly, you know, or annual sort of game jam? Yeah, that's the one I. That's really the only one I do uh, consistently. I've uh, I did a single Ludum Dare. <laughs> uh, but yeah, GMTK is the one jam that I pretty much always do for better or for worse. Right. And that's the beauty of game jams is it's, I feel like they're getting like increasingly, um, commercial in a way, but the, mm. the beauty about them is they can be for worse. You can just make something bad in 48 hours and be like, Oh, well <laughs> it was just a weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- I, I can almost guarantee everyone has wasted a weekend on much worse things. Much more uh, trivial. What would you say is your uh, most trivially spent weekend? That would be a uh, better... That's a, yeah. that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Among a sea I'm- of trivialities? <laughs> yeah, I have a probably a fair amount of weekends where i just like did nothing yeah probably be up there face up or face down which direction were you doing nothing <laughs> yeah there's uh but it is is a uh it's, it's a it's, that's almost like a i i, I feel bad to disparage it's, it's trivial it's good to kind of have a day where you don't actually need to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's great to do nothing when you, like, are trying to do nothing. Yeah. It feels really bad to do nothing when you're trying to do something, though. <laughs> yes, right, but the leisure is the the ultimate pleasure of life, is, mm-hmm. is the, the comfort of leisure, it's to not have to do anything. It's more like when you're like, oh, I need to get this game done, but why am I uh, spending? How how did how did one game of Magic turn to six games of Magic? I need to get work done. <laughs> Surely I will just win one game one of these times. 
that's not true. I win plenty of games. I'm good at video games. I say to the to, to the internet to prove something to nobody. <laughs> oh. But, but um. Now let me look in. Let me look at this whole little this process. So, now you worked both. Now is momentous monumentum, and now I'm saying it right for the first time in. <laughs> How many? God, almost a year. What a so much happens. Um, that was a solo project, right? Yeah. But then your uh, your most recent one was like a rather large group project. How do you do? You tend to no, we know it wasn't. You had one on here. What was I doing? I was looking at your games. There was one in here that had like. Uh, the- Two most recent ones were both group projects, uh, yeah. also made for the GMTK Jam of different years. Right, right. Okay, one of them just had all the submitted names on it, and the other one didn't. Okay, that's why. So, is there a uh, is there, is there a personal preference, or are they just different experiences when it comes to working on a team versus working solo? Yeah, uh, you know there's upsides and downsides you know uh i'll say it's a lot less easier or a lot easier to have a unified project vision when you're the only one working on it but you know also a lot more work to do right yeah i think the uh the most recent jam game i did uh i was with three other people who are uh there are all three of my roommates in college we had uh somehow gone the full four years without making any games together so we really wanted you know try working together yeah yeah that's the it's the the weird thing about kind of like onlineness is that you can forget that you can just kind of jam with the people around you to make games <laughs> mm-hmm and that like this kind of like because there's there's less of a, a a local scene you know there's not i mean there 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 are meetups around the world i'm working on highlighting such things but they they feel less obvious than you know local concerts and that sort of thing of of developers meeting up and cuz you know everyone it's usually working on like forever long project. Everyone makes their their three year long odyssey <laughs> that turns into a seven year long odyssey that turns into a nine year long odyssey that just that turns into a game that never comes out or or, or comes out enough to get a little bit of attention but then everybody disappears because you know you can't sustain another nine-year project mm-hmm. yeah, i definitely have my own uh project that has always just been at the back of my mind i've uh, kind of been working on on and off for for a while now probably yeah. almost a decade oh yeah that is <laughs> that is kind of I've I never went that far, but I've definitely had starts and stops, and then it, 
the, the problem with working so long is you just kind of get, and it gets to the problem with um, doing any really long-term project is that you get better at doing the project. Uh-huh. So where, where doing, for instance, like a, a long form, like web comic or something, there's, you can, you, I think it's easy to avoid the impulse to go back and redraw everything, but it, it could feel harder to be like, well, I should redo this code. Yeah, especially when you're still having to deal with that code. You're right, exactly. It's like, it's, it, it, the code is not out of set, out of mind. It's it's in the bones of the game you're working on, so you have to constantly rewrite it and rewrite it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Until that's why I really I, I like the idea of of sketching more often. Why I've been attempting to do uh, what I'm calling sketching more often because I I just had to rewrite like some of my like the the code I use for collisions, basically. But it, just so I could make it so that I could walk um, in front of and behind objects, you know, and like realistically bump up against them. Uh. But that was also within the course of like a like a like a overall six hour project, rather than in the middle of <laughs> a six year project. Yeah, collision code is always the most terrifying to rewrite. <laughs> yes, right, because if it doesn't work, it, it breaks everything. And I, 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 I always, I'm a big fan of duplicate. Duplicate, and let's see what I can break and what I cannot break. And hope I, I, I get something to work without, especially knowing what I know about um, Game Maker, and it's kind of unless you have like good like collision code uh, say collision at very high speeds can be kind of wonky yeah uh momentous just does uh it moves you forward one pixel at a time until you hit something <laughs> perfect and that I, it works yeah no that's 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 how it's a beauty when that works i've had I I got real fancy where it incorporates signs, you know, sign being the mathematical sign rather, not the the concept of a street sign. But same idea, and then because I've had problems where it's like, oh, whoops! Before I had that, it was like clipping into things, or or, or setting up bad rotations if model if anim if like um. I see, I call them models, but their sprites did not line up properly, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is a. Uh, what would you, uh, one one kind of final, wrapping it up. Wow, wrapping it up, my God, so, so soon. Uh, sort of question is, what is like I meant to ask when you were talking when I was talking about the group thing is what is your. What is your background, I guess? Or, like, what would you say is, like, when you're forming a group, you're like, don't worry, I'll do this part of the game. Yeah, uh, I think in the past I've, you know, just done usually a combination of programming and design. That's yeah. what uh, I studied. Uh, but I also, I do enjoy uh, doing some music. I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I enjoy it. Right, no, I, <laughs> as someone who just made a, a small loop, I'm like I enjoyed it for um, about three minutes, and then four minutes, I was like, "I should make a script that mutes audio, all audio." 
<laughs> so that I can do this, so that I can put out games where I make music, but also people have the option to jam that M key very quickly and turn it all off. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's neat. Um, Magic Pillow, if if you believe it, like I, I alluded to it earlier, but we're already, already uh, actually almost we're getting close to an hour, hitting like fifty minutes. If if it comes so quickly, like I, like I like I said in the pre-show, it's, where's the where's the time come from? Where does it go? But glad to have you on the show. Glad Thanks. Yeah. I've enjoyed being here. Glad to have you in the zine. I try to, I always do what I can to try and put it all together, you know, get everyone in a big group, a big old pile to the best of my ability beyond just the, the singular issue. As you know, because as your issue is getting close to being a year old, you know. But, um, but anyway, I will see everyone else at, um, at, at, at the other half of uh, one minute. Not other half. That's not, doesn't make sense. The other side, that is. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was your grandma's boyfriend with Donkey Donkey 2x4, as, as they say right there in the track, but you didn't get to hear it if you're listening to this. Um, Post-mortem, which is post the mortem of the stream, I suppose, not the, the show itself. But we are back with our guests, Julian Pulton and Magic Pillow. Hello, both of you. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Julian, it's been a while. Magic, it's been roughly a minute and four seconds. <laughs> but... Oh, my God, let's each... But I'm going to see the important thing. We're doing the question check-in. Nothing. So this is what I do as I close it. And now if you have a question, you got to put it in, I don't know, in the chat. But anyway, we are here with the two guests. We we chatted about things. We had some. Well, we had some left tonight. This part where I asked the the two of you. um, Did you have any other questions? Any, Any questions for each other? Any questions for me? Any questions for the ether, perhaps? Not that I can think of now. No, me neither. Well, perfect. <laughs> um, well, in that case, um, <laughs> um, I will actually, since we since we are, since we've reached an hour, give or take, and I've I've kind of um been doing i'm I've been getting more accustomed to these hour-long shows with my my singular guest shows i am going to oh it's a little face i never noticed that for some reason or i never saw it the way i saw it but sorry i'm looking at my my i have to change my theater mode i was looking at my little wiggly gif but and i saw the face in a way that i hadn't seen it before but enough of that little face there. We are. Go- I was just going to. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap wrap it up as it were. Let everyone return to their business. So so without further ado, I'm going to um now we get to the part of everyone everyone's favorite part of the end of every single podcast and it's where the guests I guess a podcast with guests, which are I guess primarily the sort of podcasts I prefer to listen to. I like to have uh, I like to listen to a variety of different voices. So I like guest shows. But it's where the guests tell you where you can find their stuff so that you can be like, I listen to this show. I enjoy the sounds of those people. I enjoy the sound of their stuff. Where can I find it? I'm so desperate to find it again later. And um, so I'm going to start with Magic Pillow. Where can people find your stuff if they're looking for it? Uh, I think most of it's on magicpillow.itch.io. Oh, perfect. Got to keep keeping the and I I screwed myself over. I I close the thing, but I always forget that I do need to keep that tab open because I need to paste people's links into the into the chat. Perfect. Consistent branding. You love to see it. Um, yeah, check it out. You've got three or four games there, Game Maker Toolkit and Momentous Monumentum. I always encourage people to buy the games outside of Indie Apocalypse. You can buy them within the Apocalypse. It does. It never hurts to double dip. I love... I'm the kind of guy who streams stuff and then also buys things after the fact. Consider it to be the, the physical copy version of an Indie Apocalypse game. They're kind of like that standalone release. Um, and there may even be a decades-long project in, within the next two to three decades, perhaps. You have an, an anticipated release window, as they call them. Um, Julian, where would you find your your stuff if people are so... If you, if you've got it, if you if they want to play TLDHD, ADHD dinosaur in browser or see a second game, should you have a second game out there too? At, at some point, my stuff is strictly singular. Yes, and it is on chickenchina.h.io. Perfect. Uh, maybe, maybe I will release something. A second game. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I make I make stupid like side projects, nothing I show to the general public. Yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm trying to normalize showing uh, stupid side projects to the general public in the same way an artist would post their sketches online. Yeah, and maybe they kind of be. Well, like, if, hey. if I'm going to display it anywhere, it'll be on triggerinternet.edge.io. So there you go, perfect. That's where you can find it, and then I will say where you can find. My stuff is obviously you just buy it at indiepocalypse.com. It, it's just 21 and 23. We'll support the people here on this very show. Sometimes that support, it, it trickles in slowly, but if you buy one here and there, it it, it ups that, that royalty time to goes from like... The real dream is that uh, people get their royalty payouts before the next pledge drive, because that's usually the benefit of the pledge drive. It helps get everyone a little a little royalty kickback. But if you buy just the little copies you don't own during the year, then sometimes people get a little five dollar treats in their mailbox one day, and they'd be like, "Oh, I can buy a 
I can do bar with this. What does one buy with five dollars? Less payment fees. No, I think I eat up most of the payment fees. But anyway, um, oh my God, hundred solo games. Oh, played. Never mind. I thought that was someone saying they made a hundred solo games. But um, yeah, indiepockets.com. Buy it. Indiepockets.com slash Patreon. Uh, indiepockets.com slash submit. I, I get into the season occasionally of being like, hey, people should um, submit their games to this thing. I don't do it. I don't do it all the time. I do it occasionally because, I don't know. I kind of forget about it. Enough, enough comes so naturally. <laughs> but do it. I'd recommend. I'd recommend it. It's a good thing. If you make games, if you make game adjacent things that feel like games, if you make things that go, this isn't a game. If you make art and your art happens to be with an interactive medium that we loosely associate with video games, submit it. I'm looking for it. Uh, uh, that's it. I'm closing up the show. Thank you both for being here. I'm loading up my foobar, firing it up, getting ready to transition. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.